Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 19th, 2017. My name is Philip Rossman Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And we have a full show for you today on this Thursday as the Orlando Magic fall to the New Orleans Pelicans 118 to 98 to close out this six game road trip. And, and as I said, uh, if you've listened to previous episodes of Locked On Magic, which of course you can go back and listen to on iTunes, Audio Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, all the fun places that you would download podcasts. So I imagine you, you have very easy access to do so. Uh, but as I said at the beginning of this road trip, I felt like this was a road trip that would determine much of the season. And so we'll talk about the ramifications of the Magic going 1-5 and five on this road trip, as well as the loss to the New Orleans Pelicans. And then we'll close the show a little bit about... Uh, we'll close the show out by talking a little bit about Alfred Payton and, and his role with the Magic, especially moving forward. But let's start with the game itself. That's the best place to start, I think. Uh, as the Orlando Magic fall to the New Orleans Pelicans, 118-98. to This was... A dominant, dominant game for the New Orleans Pelicans. It was a, it was frankly just, just a beatdown. Um, it, it, it apparently the Pelicans had 29 fast break points in the first half. I mean that that tells you a lot. Uh, and it ended with 38 in the game, 54 points in the paint, biggest lead, 28 points. The Pelicans shoot 49 half percent from the floor and 15 for 36 from beyond the arc. The Magic were just beaten down, really. From the beginning, uh, the game started off at a torrid pace, and and Pelicans maintained that pace while the Magic could not, and the Magic could not get stops when they needed them. Uh, and so, frankly, as it seems to have every game since December eighth, I think it was, the Magic's defense just did not show up, uh, and that's of course been a recurring problem, and it's been something the team has talked about and said we cannot let this happen, we can't let this happen again and again and again, and yet it keeps on happening. The Magic were beaten pretty badly in this game. It was a 28-point lead at one point. They end up losing by 20, but it really wasn't even that close. The Magic did make their push, as, as all teams do. They got a 16-point lead in the third quarter down to 8, uh, and actually played some defense to prevent the Pelicans from extending that lead out. It stayed at about a, at an 8-10 to 10 point game for a pretty significant time in the third quarter, but Orlando could not get the shots to go on their end, and, and their offense at that point, really devolved into a lot of isolation plays, a lot of forced jumpers, a lot of quick jumpers that were not within the rhythm of the offense, and the Magic could not break into that lead, and eventually New Orleans found their rhythm again and dominated the rest of the game. Like I said on yesterday's show, New Orleans is a good defensive team. They're in the top 10 in defensive rating. They're a team that's on the way up on top of all that, but their offense is still a little bit of a struggle. They did not struggle offensively tonight. I mean, if you look at their offensive rating, and and the Magic and the Pelicans came into the game with the same offensive rating this year. If you look at their offensive rating, they scored 113.9 points per 100 possessions. The Magic, just 92.6. And the team really struggled maintaining a a long pace, maintaining a strong pace, uh, but also maintaining uh, 
just just keeping contact with a team that seemed to have more energy than them. In fairness to the Magic, this is the last game of a long road trip. You do it did expect to be something of a schedule loss. Uh, that's not an excuse for anything because I don't think that was the reason why the Magic lost this game. From the beginning, the Orlando Magic did have some energy. I mean, it did look like they were trying they were trying to pick up the tempo. It felt like to maintain some energy, maintain some uh, just to, just to try something new because that's what they needed to do, and I, I think I think largely that offensive strategy works. When they reel in that defense along with it, that's when the that's that's ideally what the Magic were supposed to be at the beginning of the season. There's a team that uses its defense to generate fast break opportunities, get out in the break and score, and largely the Magic did that. 24 fast break points is, is a pretty solid number, um, but. Orlando was very sloppy with the ball, 18 turnovers. Uh, they had a lot of guys miss a lot of a lot of shots. Never got they, they would lose their flow within the offense, and especially when the bench came in, the Magic just didn't have the energy. They did lead at one time, 25 to 20. It was their largest lead of the game. They gave up a 12 to 4 run to close the first quarter, and that was that. It seemed the Magic just did not have it against New Orleans. It was just a, a bad game, and uh, like I said, it didn't feel like a game that the Magic lost because it was a schedule loss, because they were tired from a long road trip. It felt like a game where the Magic gave a little bit at the beginning, got pushed down, couldn't couldn't bring back that effort again, and lost it because of their lack of effort or lack of. Uh, I'm I'm very loath to say effort because I don't know how I don't know how hard the guys are trying or, or what that looks like necessarily. And I don't want to make those judgments because they're very charged. But it, there was definitely a lack of precision to the game plan, whatever that game plan was. Uh, and, and the team did not accomplish what they needed to accomplish. And certainly uh, that would include stepping up and help on the help side and blocking shots. Serge Ibaka had five, but it was very inconsistent defense at the rim. Defending and protect, defending and stopping your man, uh, stop, stepping up in the pick and roll. There, there did not seem to be a scheme, and, and that, that was extremely disappointing. And, and it sounds like the Magic were extremely disappointed after the game as well. But, you know, you, we, we've, been through, we've been down this road time and time again when it comes to this. Final stats, let's run through them real fast. Aaron Gordon, 14 points, 6 for 13, shooting 8 rebounds, 4 assists. Solid game for him, not a great game. Didn't, quote, didn't completely stand out, but, you know, was... Generally played with good effort, so I give him I give him credit for for playing with good effort. He's one of the few guys that you can always count on for a good good effort, um, if not a perfect one, especially on the offensive end. Serge Ibaka, like I said, eleven points, five blocks, seven rebounds, five for ten shooting. Had his moments, had his bad moments as well. Um, you know, certainly didn't play a perfect defensive game by any stretch, uh, but uh, had his moments. Uh, I, like I said, Nikola Vucevic, ten points, four for nine shooting, eight rebounds, five assists. Kind of a classic Vooch game in some ways, but uh, obviously didn't get the ball enough, and, and and the team was kind of reeling and very guard-heavy at a certain point. Alfred Payton, 14 points, 3 assists, 5 for 10 shooting. Not a great game for Alfred Payton, but we'll talk about him in a little bit and, and why that matters. Um, DJ Augustin, 10 points, 4 for 14 shooting. I thought he was a real big culprit for the Magic's problems throughout the game. Was forcing a lot of shots, taking a lot of mid-range jumpers early in the shot clock, not letting the offense get set. Some of that is just, that was kind of what New Orleans was giving him, uh, and he wasn't making shots this game. Two for eight from beyond the arc, uh, just a, just not a good game for him uh, overall. Uh, C.J. Watson got off the Schneider a little bit with nine points, three for five shooting, but I don't, I don't think anyone's going to really care so much about that. Overall, Orlando shoots 44.3% from the floor, and 11 for 32 from beyond the arc, uh, a disappointing effort overall. 
Anthony Davis leads the Pelicans with 21 points and 14 rebounds. And the final note I will make before we move on to the big topic that I think everyone wants to know for me uh, as far as recapping this road trip, uh, Jody Meeks uh, dislocated his thumb in the third in the fourth quarter, I believe, uh, and uh, x-rays, x-rays came back negative. Uh, they're, they're checking for fractures. He'll have an MRI uh, probably tomorrow, probably today on Thursday. Uh, his status is questionable, but very possible that you know Mario Zonia could get some more playing time, could get, get into the starting line. Very possible we'll see some more C.J. Watson, and certainly very possible we'll see some Alfred Payton, D.J. Augustin lineups uh, as the Magic will probably have to deal with a, a, an absence from Jody Meeks in addition to an absence from Evan, and a continued absence from Evan Fournier. So the two-guard position is very much in flux right now. You know, maybe we see some C.J. Wilcox in addition. Um, but I would expect to see a little bit more Mario Hazonia. Uh, if the Magic don't start him Friday with Jody Meeks out, um, you know, I, I, I think uh, think Magic fans do have a, a right to riot a little bit. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. But, as I said before the road trip, and I'll reiterate it again here, this very much felt like a make-or-break road trip for the Magic in some ways. Not in that they needed to come back 6-0 and or, or, or anything like that, but they needed to show some signs that they were turning a corner, that they could make a playoff push, because we all know this January is tough, and the Magic just needed to survive, keep their head above water in this January. Uh, and, and we said this when the schedule came out, that this Jan- January was going to be tough, and if the Magic could bake up some wins early, which they didn't do, and keep their head above water in January, they'd be able to create a little playoff push in February, March, and April to the lot to the end of the season. They did not do that, obviously. And January has bit them in the ass. Sorry for the cursing. Um January's January's bit them hard. And so we all kind of said, just like before the first road trip, the December road trip, which I again, every road trip I kind of point to as this is a big road trip. This is where we really find out who this team is. Like that December road trip, we pointed to this road trip and said, the Magic need to find themselves on this trip. Figure out who they are. Because it's time to make evaluations and time to make decisions about the future of this franchise. And as I've said, whenever we talk about the trade deadline, this team is setting its future with the next few months and, the, and, and, and with what they're going to do in, in a month. And so now that the Magic are coming home one in five on this road trip, to me, and, and if you know me from, from talking to me on Twitter, uh, from even on this show, you if you know me, I'm very conservative uh, on these issues, and I do like to wait perhaps a little bit too long sometimes. But coming home from this road trip one in five, it's time to very seriously have these conversations and come to the realization the Orlando Magic are not making the 2017 playoffs. If we assume 41 is the number to get in, 
the Magic would have to go uh, 24 and 14 the rest of the way. And judging by how the Magic have played this season, and judging by how ma- how the Magic played on this road trip, that just does not seem likely. And certainly, I wouldn't want to stake my job on the Magic doing that. Which is precisely what Rob Hennigan might have to do. And so, at this point, I'm not proposing a, a certain path. I'm not proposing the Magic go out and make a deal tomorrow. I, I don't think that's true. What I am proposing here, what I am saying, is it's time to make decisions about this team's future. And it's time to recognize that this team's not making the playoffs and figuring out how to cut a path forward from there. I'm not suggesting the team tank. As much as everyone wants this team to play Mario Azonia and play Aaron Gordon more, and certainly Aaron Gordon deserves to play more, but to play young guys more and play Jeff Green less and play C.J. Watson less and, and all that stuff, we're not quite there yet. Everyone on the team should still be aiming for that playoff goal because that's what you expect from a team, period, until they're finally and fully out of it. You know, maybe you hold Evan Fournier out until he's fully healthy this time. Maybe you hold Jody Meeks out until he's fully healthy this time. But I still think you push and pursue for the playoffs if you can because, again, that's a culture you want to build as well. But in the upper halls of the Amway Center uh, and the you know in the boardrooms that they have there and the strategy rooms that they have there where, where Rob Hennigan meets with his staff, I do believe it is time to start making those to start putting those contingency plans into action and figuring out how to move this, how to prepare this team for 2018 and beyond. With the Magic now four and a half games out of the final playoff spot, it does feel like the playoffs are beyond reach. And that this team, with the way they've played so far this season, is not going to take that step up. The biggest complaint about this team has been its inconsistency. That you can't count on the team playing the same way each game. Games like Wednesday night and games like Monday night and games like the first game of this road trip against the Los Angeles Lakers happen far too often. Where the team comes out lifeless and doesn't seem to have any desire to play defense. That's not a playoff team. And when you look at the stats... The Magic are one of the worst teams in the league. They're 26th in offensive rate. 26th or 27th in offensive rating. They're 21st now in defensive rating. They used to be about league average. They've slipped to 21st. They're a bottom 10 defensive team. And in terms of net rating, which is a much much clearer definition of how good a team is, the difference between their offensive rating and their defensive rating, the Magic are 26th or 27th. By a metric that, metric that everyone essentially acknowledges is really how to sort teams and, and cut out some noise over winning close games abnormally well, the Magic are one of the five worst teams in the league. To think that that team is somehow going to turn it around, either by standing pat or by making a move, a trade of some kind, giving up something of value 
to get something of value in return, to think that that team is going to turn it around and make that playoff push is slim at best. You know, maybe there is a cancer we don't know about that needs to be excised to, to kind of release this team. And I, I'm not saying that there is one. I have no I have no clue if there is one, if there's, if there's a problem like that. It just seems like this team just doesn't fit together, doesn't work well together, and just doesn't play well together. And it was a massive miscalculation to, to, to push into the playoffs with this team struggling the way it is. And so that leaves the next question, I think. This team's not making the playoffs in 2017. So what should the magic strategy be for the trade deadline? Because you can't come back with the same team. And certainly you have to trade Serge Ibaka to make sure you recoup some assets for him. So what should the Magic be searching for now? And to me, there's a few paths to take. And I think this is really where the Magic's strategi- strategy should, should go for the next yeah, next week or so before they really start making some moves and pushing pushing some chips in or, or moving some chips around and, and getting serious about some discussions ahead of the trade deadline. Do you double back down and try and make the playoffs in 2018 with the same kind of veteran-laden strategy? Do you just sell everything off and restart completely? Or do you just reinvest in youth? Try and create a roster that complements players you want to feature and ship out players for players that fit that vision. It's kind of a middle road. You want to bring in young players who can possibly still help you win in the now, but more than likely may need some time to develop, may need to step up to a new role and, and figure out if they can do that. It's it's the same kind of risk. Any any win now risk with this any win now strategy with this team is going to carry risk. Just like it did this past summer. Because you have to give up something good to get something good. And that's always the thing you have to remember. And I doubt the Magic are going to dip back into free agency. They certainly could hold on to Serge Ibaka and Jeff Green and just let them walk at the end of the end of the season and, and try and recoup their lo- that loss with free agency. I don't think that's going to be a, a successful strategy as, as we've seen this year, and it locks you into a, to, a, to a team for long term as well. I don't know what strategy the Magic will take. If it were me, I'd take the reinvest in youth strategy. I would... Say, Aaron Gordon is my featured player, however I want to use him. I'm going to build a roster that fits him. And if you don't think Alfred Payton fits him or Bismack Biombo fits him, you, you shop him around. I look to trade Serge Ibaka for a young player that's on his second contract, essentially, and who seems to be ready to take a next step up. The deal that keeps popping into my head is, is trading Serge Ibaka to Toronto for Terrence Ross. I'm not a huge Terrence Ross guy, but that's the kind of deal that I'm thinking. And we'll see if the Magic cut that path. It's also very possible they double down on veterans. They could bring in a guy like Goran Dragic, who the Magic are reportedly looking at. They could bring in a guy like Brandon Knight, who's shown some, some potential but is on a, a very onerous contract. In all likelihood, though, the Magic have to have to begin planning and thinking seriously. If they weren't already, not to say that they weren't already, but... At this point, it's time to make that conclusion that this team is not going to the playoffs and that any move you make at this year's trade deadline has an eye on the 2018 season and hopefully an eye on a longer-term plan 
for the future of this organization. And making that, of course, doubly tough is the widely held assumption that if the Magic fail to make the playoffs this year, that they're going to have a new general manager. And so essentially the general manager for this for this team is setting the table for his successor. And that's both an awkward position to be in and also a precarious one. Because I think the most important thing the Magic can, can do at this trade deadline right now is ensure that they have flexibility for the future. To not put all their eggs into one basket that could be destined for failure. Because that's how you cost two or three years. It's better to be rebuilding, trying to build up than have a veteran team like the one the Magic have now and have to tear it down. So I think now is the time to begin those discussions about how the Magic move forward. And recognize that the Magic must move forward with a different team. And perhaps one of the players that's going to have a big impact in that future and a big a question mark in that future is none other than Alfred Payton. Payton has been pretty good this year. You look at his averages, 12.1 points per game, shooting 46% from the floor. That's a career high for him. Despite a career low 20, uh, not career low, but despite shooting 28.1% from beyond the arc, he's actually a career high 62.7% free throw percentage. Not great, but still good. Uh, 5.9 assists per game. Not not his not near his career high, but obviously he's he's missed some time as well because of uh, because of going to the bench. Uh, but as much as any time in his career, Alfred Payton has been the driver of the Magic's success. You look at Wednesday's game. When the Magic were successful at the beginning of the game and playing with a lot of energy, it was because Alfred Payton was getting to the basket, drawing the defense in, dishing it out, dishing it out and scoring. That's what Alfred Payton does. And, and Alfred Payton had a good first half because of that. In wins this year, Alfred Payton averages 14 points per game, shoots 50.8% from beyond the arc, 38.6% from three, uh, and averages 7.1 assists per game. That's in wins. In losses, those assists dropped from 7.1 to 5.1. Points dropped from 14 to 10.9. Fuel goal percentage drops from 50.8 to 42.9%. And more alarmingly, you can always tell if Alfred Payton's having having a good game and if the Magic are going to win because his three-point percentage drops from 38.6 to 19.2. Alfred Payton, as much as any player on this team, is usually a clear sign whether the Magic are going to win or lose the game. Saturday's game was actually a perfect example of that. That was Alfred Payton at his absolute best. He scored a career-high 28 points. We all know that. He added in, um, how many assists did he have that game? He added in nine assists, nine rebounds. He had a triple-double. Quinn Snyder essentially cursed, describing how good he was. He said he was really good. And Alfred Payton was the driver for that game. The Magic dropped, how much was it? 107 points on one of the best defenses in the league. Because they did not have an answer for Alfred Payton. They could not stop him going downhill. But the way the Jazz won that game was because of Alfred Payton too. Or at least how the Magic used Alfred Payton. You will notice every time 
the Magic struggle or the Magic's offense becomes stagnant, it's because Alfred Payton is standing at the top of the key just kind of dribbling the ball, not moving anywhere. Alfred Payton is extremely effective when he can get north-south. As, I, as, a, as a football term, of course. You want to go north-south, not east-west. When he's moving toward the basket, not, not around it. And so, I always watch when I'm watching Alfred Payton. Is, is he playing aggressively, trying to get to the basket, and trying to collapse the defense? Or is he playing passive and, and, trying, to let, and trying to get others involved or tr- taking too long to initiate a play? Like I said in, when, in Wednesday's game, the Magic were most successful offensively when they were playing with pace. And pace is, dif- pace is different than the pace number. They were playing with a good tempo. They were attack- an attacking tempo. They were driving pretty quickly off- once they got over the timeline. They were attacking quickly. They weren't waiting for sets to develop. They were moving into their offense extremely quickly. And that... A lot of that you know, happens when Peyton is getting in the paint and driving and getting screen and rolls pretty early in the shot clock. And he was making largely very good decisions. The Magic offense again slows when he slows down. And of course, the statistics very clearly show that Alfred Peyton performs and wins and does not perform well in losses. Alfred Peyton, just like he was last year in fact, is the driver for this Magic team. And I think one of the more difficult decisions this Magic team is going to have to make in the next year, whether it's at the February trade deadline, whether it's at the draft, or whether it's you know when, whether it's soon, is figuring out whether to keep Alfred Payton as the point guard of the future, how much to pay him, or whether it's time to move on from him and search for a little more consistency at the position. Of course, that's why a lot of people are interested in Gordon Dragic right now because he is a somewhat similar player but much more consistent. You know what you're going to get out of Goran Dragic every night. And to some extent, DJ Augustin's that way. You, you kind of know what you're going to get out of DJ Augustin, although I, I think DJ is better coming off the bench than as a starter. For now, Alfred Payton is the driver for the Magic and their offense, and really their team. Because when he plays well on offense, he plays better on defense. And, and the team has had its struggles defensively this year. And it starts with Alfred Payton, who's had his struggles guarding pick and rolls again. He's better. His numbers are back up to where they were his rookie year when he was okay. But the Magic still need a little bit more. And so the question with Alfred Payton is, can you continue to wait him out and, and hope that he has a good game, good game on most nights? Or is it time to move on? And I think that's another big question that the Magic will have to evaluate now as they shift their attention toward the trade deadline uh, and, and the team has shown its struggles here on the West Coast Road Trip. I want to thank everyone again for listening to the Locked On Magic podcast. You can, of course, leave a comment on the podcast by tweeting at us at Locked On Magic or checking us out on Facebook at Locked On Magic. Be sure to give us a like there. You can, of course, subscribe to the podcast so you can get it downloaded to your podcast-enabled listening device on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places that you could download podcasts. You can also contact the show with any comments, questions, advertising inquiries uh, at omagicdaily at gmail.com. We always appreciate all the comments and, of course, appreciate all the response to the podcast, including your download. We thank you all so very, very much for it. We'll be back again with another episode of Lockdown Magic tomorrow as we'll preview Friday's game as the Magic take on the Milwaukee Bucks. I'll also probably have some thoughts on the newest member 
of the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame as Anthony Penny Hardaway will be inducted into the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame on Friday. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We will see you all tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.